This is John Finnamore's Souvenir Programme. Sorry, is this um, Hollywell Otter Sanctuary? It is, yes. <laughs> oh, good. Well, uh, two adults, two children. What are? <laughs> we are. Oh! Oh, yes, I see, you are. <laughs> what are you telling me? So, sorry, is the sanctuary not open? Open? Yes, it is open. <laughs> right, good. Well, can we come in? Come in? Why? <laughs> see the otter. Oh, I see. Sorry, I was confused there for a moment. No, no problem. Oh, now I understand. So, which otter was it that you wanted to see? <laughs> all of them. All of them? You know all the otters in this sanctuary? We don't know any of them. We just want to see them. Why? Well, that's why you come to an otter sanctuary, isn't it? No, it is not. You come to an otter sanctuary because you are an otter. <laughs> and you require sanctuary. You, you said it was open? Yes, to otters in need. <laughs> not to any creepy voyeur who wants to pry into their privacy. What kind of otter sanctuary would we be if... After having provided refuge to otters who are troubled, in crisis, or on the run from the law... <laughs> we, we then betrayed that sacred trust by letting two adults and two children wander around looking at them. Then why have you got a great big sign outside saying otter sanctuary? Oh, well, excuse me for being proud of the work we do. <laughs> Right, we'll go then. Huh? Come on, kids. Don't forget the gift shop! <laughs> sir, I'm over here, sir. Evening, Sergeant. Sorry. This happened again, has it? I'm afraid so, sir. The same M.O. as the others? Yes, sir. The victim was an older male living alone. Neighbours alerted us when he hadn't been seen for several days. Yeah. We broke in this morning and we found... Don't tell me. No body, no signs of a struggle or forced entry. That's right. But somewhere inside, a grisly, life-size, hollow replica of the victim. It was horrible, sir. We're dealing with a maniac. And did he leave his other calling card? Yes, as always. A single, live butterfly. God damn it. Who is this madman? And what has he got against us caterpillars? <laughs> I don't know, sir, but he's good. Mm. None of the bodies have ever been found. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes I think we'll never catch All him. All right, snap out of it, Sergeant. I'm sorry, sir, but he is so prolific. <laughs> I can't remember the last time a caterpillar died of natural causes. <laughs> we'll get him, Sergeant. Mark my words, sooner or later he'll make a mistake. Yes, sir. Is this the butterfly? Yes, sir. Hello there, fella. You must have seen everything. If only you could talk, big guy. If only you could talk. Hello, and welcome to the interview sketch. I'm Patsy Straightwoman, purveyor of fine feed lines and select setups since 2011. Today, I'm joined by Tom Marshall Gaines and Ollie Hampton, co founders of the Authentic Shakespeare Company. 
Tom, what's the ASC all about? <laughs> well, Patsy, what we're very keen to do, you see, is get right away from the, 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 the stuffy uh, received pronunciation way of doing Shakespeare. You know, the girl good Shakespeare. I mean, God bless Johnny, of course, but you know what I mean. And get back to a more, 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 uh, more, more, more authentic pronunciation, you know, something real. And, you know, the moment you do that, the poetry just comes alive. You know, it leaps off the page. Can you give us a demonstration? Mm, yeah, of course. Well, uh, the sonnets give, I think, the, 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 the starkest illustration. So um, I'll give you a few lines of Sonnet 18, uh, the way they're usually spoken, and then uh, Ollie here will give the authentic version. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? <laughs> Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Thou art more lovely. <laughs> Und more temperate. <laughs> Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. <laughs> Rush winds do shake the darling buds of May. <laughs> and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Und summer's lease hath all too short a date. You see, it just transforms it, doesn't it? It's a, the, the, the poetry in that old Toshorotodata, it lives. Y yes. <laughs> Remarkable. <laughs> and, Ollie, how do we know that that's the way Shakespeare would have spoken? Shakespeare? <laughs> oh, I don't think Shakespeare would have spoken like a vast. Pretty time? No. Uh, no, I, I shouldn't have thought so. No, no. no. Those is just the way I spoke. <laughs> Isn't it marvellous? As soon as I heard his voice, I knew I had to work with Ollie. It's so authentic, isn't it? You can really tell he's from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, you can. Where specifically does that accent tell us you're from, Ollie? Oh, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, my mama was from Somerset, uh, my dad was from Wolverhampton. My granny was Italiano, and my granddaddy was the Swedish chef from the Mupichu. I see. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure, wasn't it, Ollie? Oh, oh yes, I had a lovely time. <laughs> Cybernetics Division of Mulligan Industries today announced a new device they say will revolutionise conversation. No, honestly, I read somewhere there's mm. actually no such thing as a sugar rush. I mean, obviously, it's bad for you, but it doesn't. Of course, there is. Have you ever seen a kids' party? Well, no, no, but really, I, I read it in, mm. you know, somewhere proper. And it said they'd done a study mm -hmm. somewhere, and it definitely seemed. Right, well, that's convincing. Annoying, isn't it? When you know you're right, but you just can't remember where you saw the thing that proves it? Well, never again. Mulligan Industries proudly introduces the Autociter. Honestly, mm -hmm. I know. I read it. Oh. Autociter here. You read that in the New Scientist, citing a meta-analysis of 23 studies by the American Medical Association. Oh, well, I stand corrected. That's right. Carry the revolutionary new Autociter and never lose an argument again. Yeah, so this scientist was saying there's this thing the sun might do and if it does, it'll, like, blow up all our communications. Right. Was this a film, Gary? No! It was a, a proper scientist. I heard it on, um... You heard that on The Life Scientific with astrophysicist Professor Lucy Green discussing coronal mass ejections. Oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> the Mulligan Autocyter. Available February. 
The much-anticipated Mulligan Auto Sighter was launched today and quickly broke all sales records as customers rushed to try it out for themselves. The thing is, a baby born today is statistically likely to live to be at least 100. I heard it from, um... You heard it from your mate Rob three years ago who was misremembering a TED talk his dad told him about. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Auto Sighter. And once they work out how to drill for this line deeper oil, and they're on the verge of it already, it'll be basically inexhaustible. I read it in, um... You read it in Every Boy's Book of the Future, published in 1982. <laughs> by British Petroleum. Oh. <laughs> no, no, seriously, right, children today have literally evolved bigger thumbs because of smartphones. I heard it on, um... You heard it on Paul Nick Ferrari, where... <laughs> from Barnet said it was what she reckoned was bound to happen the way things were going. <laughs> also, she was joking. Oh, right. Uh, I forget where I heard it, but... You didn't hear it anywhere. You just made it up to prove your point. Oh, uh, yeah. Mulligan Industries today announced the closure of its cybernetics arm, citing the dismal plummet in sales of its autocyter, now widely recognised as the least popular thing ever made. <laughs> Uh, so, how old is the castle? Oh, I don't know. Many, many centuries. Uh, the present owner alone has been here since 1670. <laughs> His family, have you been? Hmm? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry, my so bad English. Yes, uh, the family. Yeah. Yeah. And do you do lots of weddings here? Oh, no, this is a new enterprise for us, but the uh, owner is very excited about it. Uh, so, here we have the door to the main hall. A little drum roll, please. Yeah. Da -da 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 Gosh. Yes, pretty impressive, huh? Well, it's very imposing. Does that organ still play? Oh, yes, in fact, it usually. <laughs> there we are. Wow. <laughs> we have an organist on permanent standby. I suppose we must do, yes. <laughs> now, a couple of things. It's very important you don't use any Christian music or, you know, symbols of any kind during the service. Ah, oh, because you're only licensed for secular services. <laughs> yes, that would be it. Also, <laughs> also, for the reception, we're only licensed for non-garlicky meals. <laughs> non-garlicky? Yes, just a funny little local regulation, so, so no chicken Kievs for you, okay? <laughs> now, will your bride be wearing white? I believe she will, yes. Oh, good, good. And is that because she's, uh, you know, kept herself... None of your business. No, 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 I'm sorry, no. But no, of course not. Oh, what a pity. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just that the owner is particularly keen on... I mean, he's quite old-fashioned. Tell me, do you happen to know if any of the bridesmaids no, are... No, 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 stop, stop, stop! Oh, I'm sorry, master, did I do wrong? Crush me, master, break my miserable... No, body. no, it's all right, it's all right, Igor. It was not bad for a rehearsal, but you, you got carried away again. I know, I know, Mr. Okay, first you did the here since 1670 thing again. Uh. Just don't say it, okay? Why would you say it? And okay, sure, tells him no crosses, but you know what? Don't mention the garlic. Mm. It's a dead giveaway. They probably won't bring garlic. If they do, we'll just have to call. Yes, master. And definitely don't ask about the, you know, the white dress business. But you do like. I know what I like. <laughs> but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> If 
we really can start persuading them to do home delivery. That's huge. <laughs> you can't afford to be choosy about it. Yes, master. Okay, let's try again from the top, but remember subtle. Mm. And oh, you, magic organ. Do you have to always play that? It's basically my theme tune. <laughs> Don't you know any other music? Oh, hi, I'm Seth. I'm uh, Chloe Dexter's personal assistant. I think you're sending someone to meet her for the event tomorrow? Oh, no, no, she's still coming. She's uh, definitely still coming. Yes, so she just wanted me to let you know there's bad weather reports on the mountain road, so she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. <laughs> yes, she'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. No, she'll be coming round the mountain. No, no, she will be coming round the mountain. That's it, you've got it. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. So I'll tell her that's... Sorry? Uh, no. Uh, no, she'll be driving herself. What does she drive? Well, why? Oh, I see. Well, uh, the good news is I don't think you will miss her. Uh, she'll be driving six white horses when she comes. No, no, that is what I said. She'll be driving six white horses when she comes. Now, I can see how it would sound like you didn't, but you did. She'll be driving six white horses. No, by all means, get a pen. <laughs> Ready? She'll be driving six white horses. Exactly. Well, she's a keen horsewoman and she likes to have some backups. And, well, she'll be driving six white horses when she comes. Okay, good to talk to you. So, well, as it happens, I do know what she'll be wearing. But I don't, I don't quite see why you. Right. Don't you think she'll be quite distinctive already? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many people you generally get coming round that mountain driving six white horses, but... Oh, really? Well, I stand corrected. <laughs> OK, uh, well... She'll be wearing pink pyjamas when she comes. <laughs> That's right, she'll be wearing pink pyjamas when she comes. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know why you put your pen away from last time. <laughs> Ready? She'll be wearing pink pyjamas. She'll be wearing pink pyjamas. Look, it's an early start. She likes to travel comfy and then change when she gets there. But frankly, all you need to remember is she'll be wearing pink pyjamas. She'll be driving six white horses. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. And she can't have dairy. <laughs> no, sir, we don't know whether to keep it on the market till we go or take it off now and relist it when we get back. Mm, now I see. On one hand, if a buyer comes along now, at least it's done with. Mm. Who is the lasagna? Oh, that's me, thanks. But on the other hand, if we're likely to get a much better price next year... Yeah. Mm. And the rigatoni. Thanks. Enjoy your meal. Then, you know, maybe it's worth the extra hassle. Mmm, tricky. Mm. Anyway, enough of me going on. How about you? How's your new job? Oh, no. What? No, no, no. Don't you dare. Well, what's the matter? Don't I dare what? Don't, don't you know exactly what? I don't. Don't you dare make me listen for a full half hour to the incredibly dull story of you not setting a house and then suddenly ask me a big question the moment our food arrives. <laughs> I didn't. This is not my turn. Don't you dare make it my turn. I didn't mean to not. Oh, yes, you did. You thought, right, I'll sit back now and let him have his go while I eat my nice hot dinner. And then when I'm finished, it'll be my turn to talk again while he has to hurriedly shovel down his cold pastor in five minutes. No, my friend, by rights, you should keep talking while I eat as payment for your boring house story. But I 
am a fair man, I'm prepared to split the during dinner talking equally between us. And then, and only then, it'll be my turn, and you can sit back and take 45 minutes of me moaning on about my job like a man. <laughs> right. And I almost got away with it too. Better luck next time. <laughs> Wilson's the opticians. How can I help? Oh, hello. Um, I have a complaint. I'm sorry to hear that, sir. What's the problem? Well, uh, last Thursday, October the 31st, I went into one of your branches, uh, 23 Church Streets, to take advantage of your Halloween offer. Oh, yes. Uh, buy one pair of glasses, get a second pair of frames absolutely free? That's the one, yeah. I see. And did the store not do it? Oh, no, they did. Oh, good. So... Uh, what seems to be the problem? Well, I'm afraid I, I just didn't find it particularly spooktacular. Spooktacular? <laughs> no. You see, I was told to hurry, hurry, hurry down to the store to take advantage of your special spooktacular Halloween deal. And I'm afraid I consider the deal I received not particularly spooktacular. Well, I'm certainly sorry to hear you feel that way, sir. With respect, it seems like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, precisely. A pretty good deal is exactly what it is. Not a spooktacular deal. <laughs> I mean, I think spooktacular is just a little play on words, really. I, but... I know it is. And the words it's playing on are spectacular and spooky. I wouldn't have minded the deal not being spooky if it was spectacular. I wouldn't have minded it not being spectacular if it was spooky. But the deal I was offered was, to my mind, neither. Just help me understand. What sort of a deal would you have considered spooky? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, for instance, if the second pair of frames allowed me to see certain mysterious markings on the floors and walls of old buildings, which I eventually came to realise showed the blood of murder victims whose killers were never brought to justice. Yes, that would be spooky. I mean, just as an example. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure the technology exists. Well, that's what would have made it spectacular. <laughs> but, yeah, fine, I, it wouldn't have to be as spooky as that. It could just have been, I don't know, a, a free pair of contact lenses sent to me every year on the day which, unbeknownst to me, is the future anniversary of my death. <laughs> you see? Spooky. Yes. Again, I'm afraid I don't quite see just, you know, logistically... Well, look, how... I'm not your marketing department. I'm, <laughs> I'm simply giving instances of deals which I would have considered satisfyingly spooktacular. <laughs> Into which category, I'm afraid to say, a free pair of frames with every purchase does not fall. All right. Well, I'm sorry you were disappointed. What are you going to do about it? Well, um... OK, generally, we try not to do this because it's much more effective when people find out for themselves. But are you near a computer by any chance? Uh, yes, I am. Good. Just put 23 Church Street in Google Street View. OK. Um, oh, that's odd. Seems to be a Wagamamas. That's right, sir. Since 2005. There hasn't been a Wilson's the Opticians there for... <laughs> 30 years? <laughs> Not since that terrible fire. <laughs> well, thank you. I withdraw my complaint. Ask me for a story of a mission achieved against almost insurmountable odds. It so happens I did once undertake such a mission. But whether I succeeded in surmounting the almost insurmountable odds, or whether in fact they proved to be not only almost insurmountable, but 
insurmountable. <laughs> you will have to wait to find out. Although the sheer level of smugness in my voice might give you a hint. <laughs> it all began one cold October evening. I was alone in my study, or so I thought. But then a familiar voice spoke behind me. You're a hard man to find, Fillmore. I tried to be, Matheson, I replied as I climbed out of the filing cabinet. <laughs> but I, I see you managed it nonetheless. Yes, well... I'm a hard man to look for you. I mean, <laughs> I mean... I mean to have looking for you. If you see what I mean. Not entirely. I mean, when I look for someone, they stay looked for. Because you don't find them. What? Oh, no, I do find them. No, I do find them really quickly. So, yeah, okay. I'm actually an easy man to have looking for you. <laughs> Because that bit of the process doesn't last very long before I soon find you and then I stop looking. Enough of your pretty speeches, Matheson. What do you want? I have a job for you. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in whether or not you're interested. And I'm not interested in that. But I'll tell you what does interest me. What's this job you mentioned? It sounds interesting. I want you to find someone. You're the great expert at finding people. You've already explained that at some length. Not this person. Why the devil not? Because, Fillmore, the person I want you to find is me. I'm not sure I understand. It's really quite simple, Fillmore. I've found you, so now it's your turn to find me. Those are the rules of hide and seek. When you know me better, Mr. Matheson, you'll learn I play by my own rules. You have your own rules for hide-and-seek. I have my own rules for everything. In snakes and ladders, I can go up snakes. In football, I can use my hands. In golf, I can go and do something else. And what are your rules for hide-and-seek? Quite simply this. When the music stops, everyone has to find a chair. <laughs> That's musical chairs. You can call it what you like. That's another of the rules. All right. In what game is it your rules that you count to a hundred and then look for someone who's hiding? Oh, you mean chess? <laughs> sure. Would you care for a game of chess? Go on, then. Good fellow. All right, count to 100 and then come and find me. <laughs> you don't have to teach me how to play chess. <laughs> I invented chess. But he was gone. The chess match of my life was underway. And I had no time to lose. My first move was clear. I needed to assemble a team. Get out of it, you blasted... Ooh, stone of crows. Major Finnamore, as I live and breathe. Hello there, Sniggins. I find I have need of your particular talents. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it, Major. I take it you're still as handy as ever with your numbers. Reckon I ought to be, sir, speaking as the Oxford Professor of Theoretical Mathematics. <laughs> Good man. Because I'm involved in a rather ticklish game of chess, uh, my version with the hiding and the seeking. And I need a counter. A counter, eh? What's the target? As big as it gets. One hundred. <laughs> a ton, eh? 
Well, I'm game if you are. Good man. But I warn you, I'll get pretty confused up in a high 80s. <laughs> Who else is in? Well, the usual crowd. Lofty, shorty, average heighty. <laughs> well, there's one more chap I need. What are you doing that for? I'm already here. Just practising. <laughs> this. Oh, it's you, is it, Finnamore? Hello there, X-Ray. What do you want? I require your particular talents. I wonder, do you remember that accident when you were caught in an exploding nuclear reactor? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oddly enough, I do remember that. Yes. Good. So do I. Well, you're the one who caused it, so I imagine you do... And do you still uh, have the powers of X-Ray vision it left you with? Well, I do, yes. Good. I mean, I'm also still in this wheelchair. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. A mere three weeks later, the team assembled in my study. Well, boys, this is it. Let's play chess. Sniggins, start the count. Very well, sir. Here goes nothing. It's called zero in numbers. Damn it! <laughs> Sorry, sir. Out of practice. Here goes zero. Zero. One, two... All right. We don't have much three. time. When Sniggins hits the big one, nothing, nothing, we begin the search. Lofty? Sir. Look on top of the wardrobe. Yes, sir. Shorty. Sir. Look under the bed. Yes, sir. Average heighty. Sir. Look everywhere else. Bloody hell. <laughs> and extra. Sir. Could you do a coffee run? <laughs> a coffee run? Yes, a flat white for me, normal coffees for everyone else. Right. Only, I thought you said you wanted to use my special talent. Exactly. You've got a blue badge. You can park right outside the coffee shop. <laughs> yes. I've also Good got... Now. now then, how's the count coming along, Sniggins? 86, 87, 8, 80... Come on, man, you can do it. it. Oh, is there an 80, 10? Of course there is, but not yet. <laughs> Focus. 87, 88, 89, 80, 10, 90, 10, 100. Go, 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 go. And off they went, 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 went. And before long, the mission began to go horribly wrong. Lofty, report! Top of the wardrobe, negative. Shorty? Under the bed, negative. Average heighty? Yeah, he's basically not anywhere. X-ray? They don't do flat whites, so I got you an Americano. Damn it! I hate Americanos. Also, I just looked through the whole house with one glance at my X-ray vision. He's not here. Yes, thank you, X-ray. We're well aware of that. I was down, but I wasn't out. I had one card left to play. Hello, Manson here. Give us a clue. We need a clue. Is that you, Finnamore? What are you talking about? A clue to what? To where you're hiding, of course. What? That was weeks ago. <laughs> I waited for an hour on top of the wardrobe. I knew it. Then I gave up and came out. You weren't even in the house. Where were you? I was out assembling a team. <laughs> That's not how you play hide-and-seek. Of course not. There wasn't even any music playing. I, I, I don't have time for this. Goodbye, Finnamore. No, no, I, I don't have time for this. But, before I don't, one last thing. Well? Where are you now? I'm at home, of course. You called my home number. And you, sir, answered it. Check me. <laughs> Good night. John Finnamore's souvenir programme is written and performed by John Finnamore, with Margaret Capon Smith, Simon Kane, Laurie Lewin, and Carrie Quinlan. The producer was Ed Morris, and it was a BBC Studios production. And John Finnamore's souvenir programme will be back at the Sarmatama next week.